This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday, September the 5th. And we now know who's going to be the next Prime Minister. Rishi Sunak, 60,399. Liz Truss, 81,326. Therefore, I give notice that Liz Truss is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. So Liz Truss will become Britain's third ever female Prime Minister when she meets the Queen tomorrow. That meeting will take place at Balmoral in Scotland, where Her Majesty is on holiday, rather than the traditional Buckingham Palace in London. So what challenges in Kent will the new PM face then? Well, here's our political editor, Paul Francis. As far as Kent is concerned, there are a few issues which are of particular significance. And the first of those is very obviously... Uh, migration and the challenge of trying to find a way to stem the number of would-be migrants crossing the channel and coming from the French coastline to reach the shores of Kent. Now to date the government has tried and failed a range of initiatives culminating uh, in the most recent announcement of plans to fly would-be asylum seekers to Rwanda to have their process to have their applications processed. Now, also on Kent's agenda might well be a call for the current ban on new grammar schools to be lifted. Now, Kent is the largest selective system in the country, 30 plus grammar schools, but uh, the law currently bans the creation of new ones, other than for where population increases uh, create a demand which isn't currently met and then finally the issue of housing and house building targets is another one Liz Trust will have to face down because we all know that uh, very large housing developments several hundred homes uh, around Kent are putting pressure on councils uh, and are often Posed by residents who fear that the, that these developments will uh, concrete over the Garden of England. The cost of living crisis is bound to be very high on the agenda of the new resident of number 10. In fact, she referenced it in her short acceptance speech. I will deliver a bold plan to cut taxes and grow our economy. I will deliver on the energy crisis, dealing with people's energy bills but also dealing with the long-term issues we have on energy supply. But what else should Liz Truss be prioritising? Well, first, we've been getting the thoughts of Nadra Ahmed, who's chair of the Medway-based National Care Association. Well, I suppose the first thing I'd like her to do is to take social care files from the bottom of the pile that she will have to the very top of the pile uh, and start looking at that um, and fulfilling some of the promises that have been made by the Tory party. And indeed, some of the comments that she's made in relation to how um, social care needs support. So I think that would be the first thing. 
What are the challenges within social care at the moment? Can you tell us what sorts of things and problems and issues you're facing right now? Well, I think we've already um, talked a lot over the years about um, the staffing shortages, which are now chronically getting worse. And, you know, in our own county here in Kent, we know that we've got people who are handing back contracts. They just don't have the staff. Um, Home care specifically is struggling um, uh, substantially, but so is so so are care homes and of course the direct impact of that is that we will then start to see um, more focused beds being kept full in hospitals and not being able to discharge people out of hospital and I think that in itself will be an enormous challenge for our county. Jo James heads up the Kent Victor Chamber of Commerce and has also been telling us what she'd like to hear over the coming days. She has spoken uh, quite a few times about supporting business um, so you know that that's that's welcoming that we've heard those words because we don't always hear them lately. So you know it, it's good news that we've we, we've heard that. But um, I, I think it's obviously it is very early days. It's, it's early hours, really, isn't it, at the moment? So you know over the next few days we'll start to to get a bit of more meat on the bones and actually see what it is that she's proposing. And I think then in a few days we can then take a more considered opinion on whether it's the the right step to support our business community but as I say we we've already put our our five points into business and about business into government and business just needs support and it needs it now I mean you know consumers are faced with high energy costs but I talk to businesses on a daily basis and and I'm hearing anything from utilities from a small business from 140k to 780k you know a, a larger business utility costs have gone up from 1.2 million to 4.3 million and i think i think it was week before last i was in uh, with a publican in the east of the county and i was talking with him and you know he's just trying to recover from the pandemic He's now taking, he's now paying loans that he took out, the government's back loans that he took out during the pandemic. He's not up to full capacity because he can't get access to the people. And his utilities have gone up by £70,000, his utility bills. Now, he had a very small profit, very small profit he'd budgeted for. Where does that additional £70,000 in utilities come from? You know, how do, how do things look for him three, four, five months down the road? Um, because, you know, we know as things tighten for us as individuals, we're not going to be going out and spending as much as we what we used to. So therefore, trade is going to, to, to drop. So, I, I mean, I'm personally, as I sit here now, I'm very concerned for our business community over the next 6, 12, 18 months. And, you know, we, we thought we had a tough time during the pandemic. But actually, I think we've got much tougher times ahead. And finally, on this, let's hear from some of you. We've been asking shoppers in Sheerness what they'd like the Prime Minister to do. I feel that the top priority at the moment is the cost of living. Um, I think we're heading into a, a disaster, frankly, if I'm honest. Um, and I think, it, you know, we've had three months of the political um, electioneering, whatever they do. And there's been no word on as to what they're, they're actually going to do about this. Um, it's already too late because we're heading into that uh, in the next, what, four weeks, the first price 
price increase comes. Um, and I, I think that's got to be the first thing in their in-tray, is how are they going to practically help people who, frankly, will not be able to pay the ridiculous prices that are being quoted. That's a good question. Call an election, get the Labour government in. <laughs> yeah, quit. No, uh, I don't know, really. I, I was hearing, hearing the, the police story. They're, they're overworked and underpaid and under-resourced. That would be my priority. I think their top priority should definitely be the energy crisis at the moment. Um, they keep saying about vulnerable people, but I don't think that's necessarily just the disabled and um, people that are not working. I think it also includes um, families that are on low incomes. Um, I think there'll be thousands, if not millions of families that are going to now struggle um, if they've got a mortgage plus these energy prices going up. Um, I just really don't think they're going to be able to cope at the moment. You can let us know today what you think about the new Tory leader and what you'd like them to do as Prime Minister. You can comment on the story online or you can get in touch via our socials. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and a man who admitted stabbing a teenager multiple times in Maidstone has been jailed. Michael Jabalon attacked the 18-year-old near KFC in Week Street back in April. A judge has sentenced the 20-year-old from Upper Wickham Lane in Welling to 32 months in prison but admitted he's been left baffled as to his motive. It's emerged a young soldier found dead at a barracks in Kent had been out drinking with friends and colleagues the evening before. 23-year-old Sophie Madden was discovered in the shower block at St Martin's Plain Army Training Centre in Folkestone in June. A hearing's been told there was no suggestion she was planning to take her own life. A coroner returned a verdict of suicide. There's been a huge police search involving the helicopter in Maidstone following concerns for a man and his baby. Officers were spotted scouring the Hermitage Lane area yesterday afternoon. The pair were later safely found. Armed police have been out in Gravesend after a man was threatened with a blade. Officers were called to Windmill Street yesterday afternoon but were unable to find anyone matching the suspect's description. They're continuing to look into what may have happened. And a man remains in hospital three months after suffering a serious head injury during an assault in Gravesend. The victim, who's in his 40s, had to be flown to hospital in a critical condition in June. We're told he's now stable but still recovering. Two men from Gravesend and a third from Rochester have been arrested in connection with the attack. They're on bail while inquiries continue. Now, more strike action's been taking place in Kent today. This time, it's drivers at bus company Arriva who are involved. Members of the Unite Union are holding industrial action in Norfleet, Gillingham, Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells in a dispute over pay. More strikes are planned later this month too. But why are so many walkouts happening at the moment? Train drivers and other railway staff have also taken action, as you may know, along with barristers. Well, I've been speaking to Antonio Fletcher, who's an expert from Whitehead Moncton Solicitors in Maidstone. There seems to be a a number of factors that have led to this sort of perfect storm of um, strike action throughout various industries uh, and, and sectors at the moment uh, and a lot of the key services when uh, i mean obviously buses are very key service uh, for a number of people and and, and particularly a number of vul- more vulnerable people in society when you think of uh, typical bus users might include children might include the elderly 
um, might include people that, who who can't afford to drive and are relying on it as a, a as a means to getting them to work or, or, or to appointments. Um, but also uh, more widely, we, we've we've heard um, about strikes within the postal service. We've heard about strikes in Scotland that were very long lasting around uh, bin collections and all the implications that those have. Um, it seems to be that we're moving on from problems that there, there have been in the past around people being scared for their jobs um, to issues where people are simply worried that even carrying on working, um, they can't afford to live or they can't afford a good standard of living. And I think that's what's triggering um, a lot of the strike action. Uh, a lot of this is obviously driven by the cost of living crisis, energy prices, that, that that's getting a lot of attention. Um, I've said before, I don't think um, things have obviously been helped um, by, let's say, the lack of clear political leadership in the country at the moment. Uh, hopefully, uh, by later on today, well, we will know who, who, who our political leader is uh, and hopefully we'll start knowing very soon about what their plans are for dealing with this. And that might give people a lot more comfort, um, particularly if they... Uh, if it does really impact on, on things like energy bills, which do seem to be uh, a driving factor for inflation and uh, you know, a driving factor for, for, for the strike action, because people are seeing what would typically be considered to be very good uh, pay increases offered, uh, but they're just not, not cutting the mustard in terms of where inflation is at the moment. Obviously, the unions um, have got you know the support of the staff and, and they're taking this action. How legal is it, though, in this country? Is it is it fine for staff to walk out? What can company bosses do about it? We, we have an interesting system here where, uh, as a country, we, we are signed up for, for, for human rights conventions and things like that that do recognise the right to strike. Um, however, in in um, in English law, it's almost viewed as a privilege more than a right. So it's it's very heavily governed, uh, and in order for employees to have protection um, and be able to strike, it's quite prescriptive about what uh, what needs to be done. People can't simply walk out. There needs to be ballots. Those ballots need to follow um, clear rules. Those ballots need to be about. Um, workforce issues and, and recognised um, categories of issues that fall within that. Um, so it's quite prescriptive. You also mentioned the, the new prime minister being announced today, or Tory leader, and then confirmed as prime minister tomorrow. Um, how important is it for them to take action quite quickly to to make sure that these strikes end? Do you think? Um, well, I think th I think taking action in respect of cost of living has to be uh, a number one priority. I think as soon as there starts to be some comfort on those areas, then hopefully there will be um, less of a suggestion that people are. Uh, really, really being squeezed, and hopefully that will that will add some comfort into the equation that might uh, that that might reduce some of the strike action and might make it easier at least for agreements to be um, to be reached uh, between parties. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A legal challenge against the government's policy to deport some asylum seekers who cross the channel to Kent to Rwanda has started today. 
Individuals as well as charities are disputing the Home Office's plan to provide one-way tickets for those arriving in the UK by small boats. The five-day hearing is taking place at the High Court with demos planned outside. Meantime, a further 1,160 people have crossed the English Channel to Kent. Figures from the Ministry of Defence show 25 small boats made the dangerous journey yesterday. It takes a total number for this year to just over 27,000. The total for the whole of 2021 was 28,500. A man from Longfield who downloaded indecent images of children and animals has been handed a community order. 26-year-old Oliver Fallas from Gorsewood Road was found with hundreds of inappropriate images on a USB stick and laptop. The court heard he suffered from mental health issues and depression. He'll have to complete a rehabilitation course and has also been placed on the sex offenders register. A popular bakery in Herne Bay is set to close for good after ants and flies were found crawling across food. A city council inspector gave Baked in Richmond Street a hygiene rating of zero. The owners say they deeply regret letting the standard slide and have decided to voluntarily close the shop. A really concerning story next, and it's emerged children in Kent as young as 12 are being given drugs to deliver by their parents who are struggling with the cost of living. Refocus Project, which helps young people get away from gangs, says soaring inflation has led to a rise in county lines dealings. Now, the Dartford-based charity also say there have been growing reports of children being used to launder money. Lennox Rogers is a former gang member and set up the organisation after turning his life around. He says this is a real issue right now. The children are um, misled to believe that, um, you you know, it's okay. Um, They won't get caught or they won't get punished because they're kids. Um, The gangs lie to them um, and, um, you know, exploit the fact that they need things. Christmas is coming and I'm worried um, as a service provider that um, I'm going to see more shocking stories um, because kids want presents that parents can't afford. Um, But the gangs are quite willing to give them money um, if they will sell drugs. I'm quite involved at the moment with a lot of um, cases of um, young people involved in gangs and um, there are just as there are some other shocking stories like the mother giving her sons drugs to to give out Um, and um, it's just crazy out there Um, and we need um, more support from government um, to give services on the ground Uh, that financial support to be out there and pick up these issues and problems and signpost them to relevant services that that can help. I think that's really needed. Um, But, um, yeah, I I think um, we're going to see a lot worse, which is really, um, you know, horrible to imagine. But um, that's the way it is. People are so desperate and the demand for drugs because people need to um, try and cope with the fact that they're not, you. they have to um, budget their heating and fuel and 
food and you know if they can get some drugs to help escape then they will some quite stark stuff there from lennox and staying with the theme of the cost of living kent's first official warm bank is due to be opened in a children's center in margate next month the service will be set up at the Millmead Shore Start Centre where families will be able to go to keep warm, socialise, use computers and play games. Now, people have been calling for warm banks to be set up. We've actually covered this on the podcast in the past because more and more families fear they won't be able to pay their energy bills this winter. Kent Online reports. There's anger today over plans to bulldoze an orchard and build new homes in part of Sheppey. People living there have criticised developers for suggesting they had ownership over the woodland near Barton Hill Drive in Minster and would protect it when a family are actually the rightful owners. Well, they've now been given permission to set up nine properties there, but their plans do include planting a new orchard. We've asked them for a comment. Travellers have set up at Ashford Rugby Club. As many as six caravans have pitched up in a corner of the site in Kinney's Lane. It's unclear how they gained access and police have been told. Warhorse author Sir Michael Morpurgo is backing a last-ditch campaign to save an historic military stable block in Folkestone, saying its story must be passed on to the next generation. The building is now the last surviving link between horses and the Shorncliffe garrison, but is earmarked for demolition. The site was used to provide care for thousands of wounded and sick horses during the First World War. Developers say they won't take any action until a review of the site is completed. There's anger among residents near Ashford as plans to help reopen a village's only pub have been rejected. Owners of the 17th century The Wheel Inn in Westwell had been hoping to redecorate and add a restaurant and tea room after initially closing in January. But that's been turned down by the council over concerns it would detract from the wider conservation area. Staying in Ashford and plans for a care home described as monolithic have been thrown out. The 75-bed facility could have been built alongside houses on the former hospital site in the town, but councillors voted against it after seeing the design and having issues around parking. This is what was said during the meeting by Councillor Linda Harmon. I thank Councillor Shorter for his comments with regards to referring to the design of this uh, application in front of us as monolithic. I'd go further. It's hideous. It's the design of yet another prison for our elderly people. We heard the applicant, I think it was the applicant, it might have been the officer, describing how There was no balconies because these people have dementia. I have witnessed people with dementia hammering their fists on glass windows because they cannot get out. It's absolutely inhuman to design buildings in this way. And this is is a site um, that is specified for building. I, I support this project. I do not support this application. I think that we could do so much better. Now, the land on Chart Road hasn't actually been used for the past 30 years and the last buildings that were there were demolished back in 2016. Kent Online reports. 
The owner of Kent's first cat cafe says she's facing the heartbreaking decision to close the business if new owners can't be found. It opened on William Street in June 2018 before moving to the High Street, but the woman who runs it says she's being forced to step down because of health issues. There are currently 14 cats at the cafe, which were all previously living in rescue centres. A stunning photograph of a Kent beach at sunset is among 22 images up for Weather Photographer of the Year. The photo taken by Brendan Conway in Tankerton near Whitstable has been shortlisted by the Royal Meteorological Society. You can see the image. It's stunning on Kent Online or by heading to our socials. And Hold Me Closer, Alton John's collab with Britney Spears is the new number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station KMFM. All These Nights by Tom Grennan drops to number two and Harry Styles As It Was is at three. Alex and Numi will be back with the chart on KMFM next Sunday. Kent Online Sports. Football first, and it was a point for Gillingham against Swindon Town at the weekend. It finished nil-nil at Priestfield, but the Jills had to play most of the game with 10 men after lone defender Haji Mnoga was sent off. Here's what boss Neil Harris had to say after the match. It's not the win we wanted, it's not the goals we wanted, but it, it feels like that in so many ways because you play against, again, say a good football team that move the ball and overload you and hurt you. Um, it's difficult to play against that and, and, and fortunately from experience I've been in that position a few times been in that, been that, been in that position a few times and, and you have to find a way and, and you know, being in sort of four diamond one sort of four three two shape is the best way to play against 11 men so you, you put the shape out because the boys that deliver and uh, yes Glenn's made some saves but a lot from one point blank in the first half but I thought we had a good chance, good chances. Um, Cashy hits the post, and just the use of the ball on, on the regain as well was really impressive. So, yeah, extremely happy today. The keeper's well playing that position for the vast majority of the game, and I don't know what Scott had for breakfast, but he, he, he was just a Jewish hell bunny, wasn't he, all the way through the game? Yeah, look, I've talked over the, the last few weeks about me having to find solutions and, and, and find the best in players and, and combinations. And sometimes just let players get on with it and be themselves. And with Scott Cash, we just let him be himself. Just his biggest attribute, his two biggest attributes are running and scoring goals. And the fans have seen his ability to run and his, the way he presses the ball as well, as well as running behind. But what they've not seen yet is his quality finishing. Um, a glimpse with a header against Rochdown and a glimpse today of composure to hit the post. But he's a good finisher as well. Um, so we, we see you know, someone like Hakeem Adelukin, his pedigree and his ability is not in question from anybody. Um, but the other side of the game is now not in question either. He can do it. And today, to go to the right back against a team that dominated the ball and put in that performance, fair play to him. Well, we've had seven games of the League Two season so far. The Jills are currently down in 21st position, but plenty of games still to come. They travel to take on Crawley Town on Saturday. Staying with football and the draw's been made for the second qualifying round of the FA Cup. You can find out who Kent's teams will be facing by heading to the sports section of the website. And in cricket, Kent are back in county championship action. They're taking on local rivals Essex at Canterbury. Essex are currently fourth in the Division 1 table, three places above Kent. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online 
premium site. And to do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can check out how our reporter got on when he got behind the wheel of an off-road electric vehicle in Deal. Now, the swing car e-spider can handle all kinds of terrain with off-road experiences now being offered at Betts Hanger Country Park. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.